Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and thank you so much for taking some time out today to listen in. We are now in season two, and today we are on episode nine. And today I have uh, my good friend Jake Sutton with me. Uh, Jake and his family uh, mean the world to me. Just so thankful that we could finally be together on this uh, podcast and through this avenue of doing our best to spread the gospel. Uh, We're actually beginning a series today on weathering the storm by walking. And we're going to be camping out in the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles with you and you're at a place where you can open it, I hope that you'll join us there in the book of Ephesians. Today we're going to focus on Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Uh, but as we, uh, before we begin, rather, I want to let Jake introduce himself for everybody. Yeah, thank you, Drew. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, Jake Sutton. Um, I'm originally from Adairsville, Georgia. Uh, of course, you know that. That's where yes, we sir. both cut our teeth <laughs> in life. That's right. And um, But anyway, I'm currently in uh, Marietta, uh, about 45 miles south of, of Adairsville, uh, at the Piedmont Road Church. I serve as the pulpit minister here. Uh, I've been here September 1st. will be a year. And so, um, so we're thankful to be here. Uh, I, I came from Moultrie and I was there for about six years. And before that I was in, uh, the Memphis school of preaching for two years and labored with the Collierville church while I was there. But, uh, anyway, married to Missy, um, 12, 22, 12, that's the easy way for me to remember our anniversary. And, uh, it's been good. And we got a four year old little boy named stone and, uh, life is good. And, uh, we're thankful. And, um, uh, so that's that's pretty much me. Yes, sir. Well, again, man, I appreciate you being on and appreciate your great work that you're doing. And also, if you will, uh, say a quick word about Petey, what you got going on with him. <laughs> yeah, so Petey, um, Petey's a little green fella, and he came along during this COVID uh, situation. One of our elders said, uh, I was meeting with my elders, and one said, we'd, we'd like to like to have you continue doing some Kingdom Kids work, which is what we do on Sunday evenings, have all the kids come up front um and it's a little different than timothy class we we uh, kind of the same process but the timing's a little different and um just to build them up get them used to be in front of the in front of the church and i mean you know how it was when we were at Adairsville when we had singing night you know on wednesday nights uh the first 30 minutes was training for our young kids you yeah. know you had 15 young boys who got up and lead a song or two and uh, and then then the veterans got up you know and, uh, and it was specifically designed to train us to lead, get in front of the church. And, uh, of course it worked hand in hand with the last leaders, but, mm-hmm. but here, uh, we have, uh, you know, all the kids come up front, ask questions, the boys, they, they spin around and, um, lead songs or answer questions and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, Danny Vines, good old Danny Vines, <laughs> uh, from Adairsville who works at Ace, he, um, he has built pulpits when I was at Moultrie and here and to, to, um, little podiums rather to, uh, to help, help the littles along the way. And so he's, he's leaving his mark in the kingdom and doing good work. But, but Petey came along and, uh, because COVID set in and nobody could be together for a while. And it just started out as Facebook videos, uh, live videos that was specifically just for our kids, but it just took off and, uh, other, other folks around the, around the States. And, and even, I even had a lady reach out from Russia and um, you know, so he's, uh, that's the great thing about social media mm-hmm. and technology. And, uh, but he's, he's, um, he's a, what's called a human and uh, <laughs> not a human, but a human. And uh, he's got 
about four or five friends that we uh, that we enjoy and um but it's basically just for our kids there's not too much in the brotherhood that's designed for our children not a whole lot of you know of course we've got curriculum across the board but nothing interacting right. and so we've other churches have said we love it we want you to come here um i'm supposed to be going to buford here soon they've got a little a yeah. uh, little preschool there and um i think that's going to be something on a regular basis and so um but anyway it's just been good um jeremy pape from apologetics press uh, he and i um i wrote it and he drew it uh, the book and so uh, joe wells from kyle, kyle publications they got on it uh they they loved it they they published it for us and and so he's he's rocking and rolling yes sir well that's great i know you know my kids love it and so just wanted to let our listeners know about that and so uh, just again thankful for jake and all that he's doing in the kingdom uh, as i mentioned a moment ago today our topic is weathering the storm by walking and the word walk is is found a lot uh, in in the scriptures and we have several examples of those who who walked the way God wanted them to. Uh, you think about Enoch, you know, who walked with God. Uh, we could say Noah walked with God. Abraham, being a friend of God, uh, walked in the way that God wanted them to. Uh, but as we begin, we want to define our terms. So, Jake, how does uh, the Scriptures use the word walk? Well, you know, the first time we see that word in our Bibles is in Genesis where Adam and Eve uh, walked with God, and yeah. they walked in the in the cool of the day i don't know if that was morning or whatever but but that's where that's where we see that that idea of course it fleshes out in different ways throughout our you know hebrew aramaic or greek you know text but but in you know for modern application the word walk um it's where we get the idea of the word literally means to to tread all around or to walk at large and it's figuratively to live uh, so walk is defined biblically. Best definition is our our way of life. I think the King James uses the the term conversation. What's your conversation? And that's not just our speech. It is our speech, but it's also our walk. Um, you know, you've heard the old slogan that I'd rather see a sermon than hear one. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. But of course, God wants us to preach. You know, and yeah. teach it. But but um, but it's both our our way of life and in our speech, our conduct, and. Um, I think one of the descriptive terms is to be occupied with, which is what I find a a good way that we're to, you know, walk in the spirit and keep in step with the spirit. That means to be occupied with. Right. So it's, uh, it's, it's got a great, it's got a great work to it. Um, it's a good word. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and like you said, that's the way the Bible in overall view is how do you live? Well, that's how you walk. So with that being said, we want to examine this passage in the book of Ephesians, I mentioned we're hoping to do a series, Lord willing, walking through Ephesians, looking at all the different walks. And, and the, first, the first one we want to emphasize is found in Ephesians 2.10. And there we find, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, Jake, as always, we know the importance of context. What's going on in this passage? Well, of course, Paul is writing to Christians, and that's the word, uh, the we. You know, who is the we of this passage? I know that's kind of where we're wanting to go. Mm-hmm. You know, to begin the context, you need to see how this verse fits into the chapter, how this chapter fits into the book, and how this book fits into the overall scheme of the gospel right. and the Bible at large. 
And so the we is not talking to everyone because not everyone, you know, verses eight, and nine has been saved by grace through faith. Right. So if you're reading this and you're not a Christian, uh, you're reading somebody else's mail. So that's, that's kind of the idea. You know, we, for we are his workmanship. Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and, and he's, um, he's making it very clear, uh, very definitive. Uh, grace has borders. Uh, heaven has borders. There's keys to the kingdom, which implies that there's something involved in getting in. And so the we aspect is very, um, very limited. And uh, that's, that's the beauty of the church, but it's also the burden that we may face, you know, that we are separate from the world. And sometimes we feel that separation. Uh, maybe we're pressured or persecuted because of that separation, but that's the context is Paul is writing to, to Christians um, to encourage them in this way, to encourage the unity, uh, to encourage the work, you know, all together there uh, at, at Ephesus. That's right. And, and the overall uh, theme, if you will, the book of Ephesians is the, the body of Christ, you know, elevating the church as the, the glorious bride. Uh, and there in, in Ephesians 2, even going back to verse 1, uh, you were dead in trespasses and sins. He's emphasizing that you, on your own accord, uh, you were done for, <laughs> but the grace of God yeah. swooped in. And, and like you said, eight, verses 8 and 9, been saved by grace through faith. So the we of this passage, I guess, like you said, is where we're going next. Those who have mm. been saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 1, yes. 3, those who are in Christ, where all spiritual blessings are found. And in verse 7, those who have been redeemed by his blood. So that's extremely important to, to remember as we begin looking at this passage, as, as Brother Dan Winkler says, trying to make it breathe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, for we, okay, he's writing to Christians. That helps us as we begin. And so now we want to, to segue to this word workmanship. That's, that's a word that we don't typically use today. Uh, but, Jake, what's, what's that word workmanship mean? Well, you know, it's, we're created to work, but we are his workmanship. The word is, is really uh, a product or a fabric. You know, if you walk into, let's step back into castles, into the tapestry days, and they've got their banner over their throne, uh, there's a fabric that hangs over that is made that describes, you know, who is in this kingdom It's the insignia It's the, um, you know, Jesus serves as our banner over us, the line of the tribe of Judah. He is uh, a fabric, if you will, of God. Hebrew writer would say that he is the exact uh, representation or imprint. Um, but this workmanship here, um, this is a, we were created by him, um, you know, and, and like Romans, Paul had to, to separate uh, works of the law and works of the spirit. Right. And a lot of times when he uses the terms flesh and spirit, he's not talking about physical flesh, but the law of Moses. So here in Ephesians chapter two, when he says that verse eight and nine, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. Well, the works is not only just meritorious works that you and I could do, I can't build enough, uh, you know, hospitals or whatever it is. I can't do enough good things in this world. Um, but it's also the case, uh, that, that I'm not saved by the works of the law of Moses. Right. Um, but I've been saved. Um, verse 10, we are his fabric. We are his creation, uh, spiritual creation. Chapter one, I, I've got it underlined in my Bible all the times that he says in him, 
Yes. In him, in him. So it's like real estate. Everything about real estate is, is three major things, location, location, location. That's right. you know? So it's like Greg Maddox, you know, the old picture exactly. of Braves in the 90s. <laughs> uh, you know, he could throw it 86, but he could put it right where he wanted it to go. And, um, you know, and that's why he was phenomenal. And um, we're just we're just reprobates for not having that today in Atlanta. But anyway, but anyway, this workmanship, this created uh, thing – uh, that you and I are, um, it, it's a, um, it's something that he has designed and it's not something that we have come up with. It's not our system. And we have not created this ourselves. That's right. And like you said, no, no matter how much good we tried to do, we could have never devised a plan like God did uh, for right. us. Well, you, you know, I've heard people say, well, they're not Christians, but they're good people. Yeah. You know, uh, good old Joe's and good old Sally's. Well, if, you know, I, I've heard people say, well, they, they, um, you know, they weren't church goers, but, but they were just good natured people. And, and I understand that. And I know a slew of them. And, um, yeah. but you know, we're not saved on our own goodness. And if we were, then why did Jesus have to die? Yeah. You know, that's the big picture. There, there's no good that I can attain Romans eight, eight, you know, Romans eight, nine, you know, there's nothing that I can do to, um, replace the finished work of Jesus. And that's what the book of Hebrews is all about. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and again, that's a great point. And I thought something too, that was interesting, just doing a word search on Logos earlier for this word. One of the words in the, in the Greek and we use in the English is the word poem. thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Workmanship. We are God's poem. thought that yeah. was a, a beautiful way, but I came across this and brother Waycaster's commentary on the book of Ephesians for our listeners. Uh, this is Tom Waycaster, done a great work in uh, his commentary sets. He was one of my instructors at the Memphis School of Preaching. Uh, Jake was already gone, uh, but uh, what a privilege to sit at his feet. Here's his comments on Ephesians 2.10, and we are his workmanship. He said, we did not devise our own plan. We did not of our own accord, by our own ingenuity, come up with a means of redeeming us from the ravages of sin. On the other hand, the church, the body of Christ, is the workmanship of God. He planned the church, and his son purchased it with his blood. The emphasis is upon what God has done rather than what man has done. And that kind of brings together what me and you have just been talking about. Big picture, look what God has done for us. Look what Jesus yeah. did for us on the cross. We could have never uh, paid that price, but since he did, we're created uh, in Christ. And that's, that's just a beautiful picture and just reminding us of, of the blessing of being a child of God. Yeah. Well, let's, let's ask the question, you know, what does it mean to be created uh, in Christ Jesus? You've got, um, I mean, it, it dates all the way back to, you know, Old Testament prophecy and a day is coming when God would do something new and a new covenant. You know, Jeremiah says in chapter 17 and verse nine, that, that who, the heart is wicked and who can understand it. And the great thing is, is that even though we are uh, born into this world and we're born safe and the angels behold our face before the throne of God, what I was involved in that, I don't know, right. but I just, I just know that they do. And, um, but, but it's safe. And then it's like a snowball that rolls down the hill over time. It picks up trash and sticks and debris and just that's us with sin. We're no longer pure and we're in need of Jesus. And so we, we need something to happen. In Ezekiel chapter 36, and I believe it's verse 26, uh, 
God says that he would replace the heart of stone with a new heart. And that's this picture of something that takes place in the gospel. Uh, Romans chapter one, verse 16, this, this, the reason that the gospel is powerful is because that is how God saves. Um, God saves us through Jesus and that's been revealed by the spirit in the scriptures. So all three part of the Godhead is a part of the gospel. And it really begins in Genesis one, but, but that's a story for another day. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, we are a new creation in Christ. We've been, uh, as this Ephesians 2.10, we've been created for good works. And, um, you notice that it says, which God prepared beforehand. Mm -hmm. There is predestination that needs to be talked about. There is predetermined events and things uh, that Scripture talks about. And the way in which you and I are predestined, did God know that we would be saved? Yes, but the way in which we're predestined is we, we have been predetermined to look like Jesus before the world began. Not we as individuals, but we as the church. Right. That the church has always been in the mind of God. Uh, and so that's how we are created. Um, through the gospel, we're given a new heart, uh, a, 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 a part of us that needed to be, um, I guess, sensitive or restored is the word. Uh, back to uh, back to God. That's right. And and you brought out Second Corinthians five seventeen. That's the passage that, that I wanted to allude to as well. You know, that as a conditional statement, if anyone is in Christ, and you mentioned that uh, you've highlighted that in your Bible, I did as mine as well. In Him or in Christ or in the heavenly places, as Paul alludes to in the Ephesians, uh, if anyone is in Christ, meaning you've you've put him on in baptism, Galatians three twenty seven, you, you've put that old man of sin to death. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thayer says this word created means to completely change or transform. You are a totally different person uh, when you put on Christ, when you get into Christ. And so as his workmanship, those of us who make up the body of Christ, we're created in Christ. But then as we continue on in this text, it says for, here's our purpose created in Christ Jesus for good works. I think about Titus Titus 2.14. He gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. That's the church, zealous Mm -hmm. for good works. Notice the order. I wasn't created because of good works. I was created for good works. That's That's a huge difference. You're right. Uh, We are never saved by works, whether that be the law of Moses, we've fallen out of grace, whether that be works of ourselves, uh, which which you may need to have a conversation with somebody who thinks that baptism is our work Mm -hmm. that we do in order to obtain something. Um, Baptism, and so a lot of our religious friends will say, well, baptism is something you do because you've been saved. They would say it is required and it is necessary and it is a sign of something that has taken place in your heart. Um, and to, to, to a certain degree, we would agree to those things, but where they may draw the line of simply a prayer or a belief or some of our Methodist friends would say the Holy Spirit operates on your heart before uh, anything else and it softens you so that you'll be able to respond. They call that prevenient grace. Mm-hmm. Um, the gospel does soften. The Lord does chisel away, but it's through his gospel and not some sort of, uh, as Billy Blaine would say, some sort of hoodoo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But 
but it's it's um, it's uh, you know Colossians chapter two, <clears throat> baptism is the circumcision made without hands, right. which would imply something that I don't do, and it is the work of God. The, the word is operation. God yes. does the saving aspect in the mode method of baptism. And so where some of our friends would say a prayer or just a simple acknowledgement, uh, the scriptures say something completely different. Absolutely. And, and it's our submission uh, and obedience to that, uh, to, that allows God to work on us <laughs> the way that, uh, that, that he, he wants us to be. And so those are some great thoughts and great passages to bring out. What are some other passages that emphasize some of the good works uh, in which we are to be involved? Well, I think there's about 13 or 14, you know, one another passages that the Bible talks about that we do. And we are to do those things. And here's what's crazy. We can't do, I think, I think there's two or three that we do in worship. The, you know, edify one another, sing psalms to one another. Those are the one another passages that we're able to do. But I can't, Galatians chapter 6, bear your burdens in worship. Because worship is directly for God. And so there's there's so much of the Christian life that is outside the doors of the church house Amen. that I've got to live. And churches flesh that out in different ways. Some do it in small groups. Some do it in ministry. Some do it in rehab ways. Some do it in, you know, hands and feet type work. Um, but, but whatever it is, it's got to be with God's authority. There's no doubt. Um, but, but what's important is that we support those things. Yeah. Uh, Third John was written because one brother did not want to support godly efforts. And um, in verse five of third John, and don't ask me what chapter uh, it says, <laughs> beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church, you do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. Verse eight. Therefore we ought to support people like these that we may be, and here, here's this word, fellow workers for <clears throat> the truth. So we take part. If churches support a missionary, they take part in his work. They, whatever he does, it's like a ripple effect. God knows it. God gets the glory. And what we have to be careful with is not to concern ourselves with the fruit of the work. I know some preachers will get back and some missionaries will get back to the States and they'll sit before churches or congregations and they'll say, how many baptisms did you have? And they will gauge the, the progress or the positive aspect or the impact to say, well, if, if you've got a lot of baptisms, then we'll continue to support that. Mm -hmm. But, but baptism is in our, is in our, is in our, our modus operandi. Yes. We want to save souls, but we've been charged to preach the gospel. Right. So whether that be whether whatever way that we can preach and teach the gospel in this world is what you and I should be for. Uh, as John says, um, we should support people like this and, and works like this. So if the, if the church has something going on uh, and I don't get involved with it, it may be something as simple as a gospel meeting. I'm not supporting the work of the church. Um, and as Jesus said, if you're not supporting, then you're, you're a deterrent. You know, you're, 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 um, uh, you're either for him and for his works or you're not. Right. And um, so anyway. That's, yeah. And that's, kind of and that's, that's a great passage there. And speaking of that, and, and there are so many good works 
uh, the list goes on and on and on. But simply put, and I want to say this to our listeners, putting into practice what we find in the New Testament. That's basically what we're saying. You put into practice, it's one thing to read it, one thing to study it, one thing to preach it and hear it. It's another thing to leave the church building, get out of these doors and go out into the world and actually put it into practice. I think about yeah. James 2, <laughs> uh, be you warmed and filled, and you just tell them to go on their way, and, and you don't do anything for them. Uh, yeah. You had that great judgment scene in Matthew 25. What's it come down to? Well, I was hungry, and you, you didn't feed me. I was sick. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't come visit me. So, like you said, you're either you know for the cause of Christ and helping to promote it, or you're hindering it. Uh, another yeah. passage that comes to mind is Titus 3.14. It says, let our people also learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. And I appreciate what you brought out about the fruit. Uh, I remember Brother Walker, before he passed away, told us successful evangelism is not based on how many conversions, but rather how many people did you present the gospel to? And I've always tried to remember that. And it's like you said, let the glory be to God, but to meet urgent needs. Yeah. You know, it, it might be something that takes time away from your schedule. It might inconvenience you. But if you remember, you know what? We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I'm going to do whatever yeah. I can to promote the cause of Christ. And it may inconvenience me at a time, but God will be glorified through it. Right. Well, when we, when we went to D.C. and preached on the Capitol Hill, the, we had some people ask us, what was the success of that? Well, the success was, the success was that God's people went to our nation's capital and preached the gospel. That's, That's success. I mean, you look at yeah. Paul's missionary journey. Um, there were times where uh, I think he was he had written the letter to, to Corinth and he had rebuked them sharply and he was he he was hurt <laughs> even though he had to do it. You know, it's like when you got a whooping, you heard this hurts me then more than it hurts you, right. which is a lie. Yes, but <laughs> but no, but but really, you know, it 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 hurt Paul to have to say certain things and it bothered his heart. And he was commanded by God to say it. He, he did his job, but it still hurt him to have to do it, yeah. which is any good minister. Uh, there are some sermons that I, I, I preach, but it, it just rips my guts open to preach it yeah. because it is such a sensitive matter and you're dealing with people's souls. Um, but he, he was, it said the Holy Spirit had opened a door for him in Troas to preach the gospel, yeah. but because he couldn't find Timothy and he couldn't, when he got to Macedonia, he just hung a left and went south. He could not stand uh, the silence. And so even though there was an opportunity for him to do good work, there wasn't a wrong answer. You know, I can do the, the faithfulness of a Christian is do what you can, where you can, while you can. You and if you've got a little old sister who's been over and all she does is make her, her prescription visits, but she leaves tracks everywhere, that's faithfulness. You know that's what right. I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's true and good. That's right. Um, Second Corinthians chapter nine, you know, the contribution of the saints and the collection for the saints of Jerusalem that Paul was specific about. Um, it says that they were not to give um, reluctantly or under compulsion. I'll do it because there's an opportunity that I have to do it. I do it just in case there's an opportunity that comes up. So like, you know, the church may, there may be a, a savings aspect to the church account. Uh, that is saved up so that when something comes up, we ain't got to pass the hat real quick. We've been saving for this opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, to help. And, um, but anyway, those are 
you know, good works or sometimes it's contribution. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's silence. You're sitting That's with right. a grieving window, you know, good works are, are all over the place. That's right. And, and we need to remember to let God define and let God determine what's a good work. <laughs> you know, if, if yep. we're doing something to his glory, the way he's prescribed it in his word, then we can be sure that that's what we need to be doing with our time and with our, our effort. Yep. Jake, I want to ask you this, since we're, you know, in this context, somebody listening may have caught on to what you said earlier. You know, if you're not a Christian, then this is, you're reading somebody else's mail. Someone, you know, in the religious world might say, well, you know, you over there, you teach that, you know, you got to work your way to heaven. We can't do that. What, what, what's going on in this text? What can we learn from this? Can we work our way to heaven? And, and how can we uh, explain that? Well, we do work our way to heaven. Yeah. We do work our way to heaven, but not for means of salvation. Right. But as he says in verse 10, because we've been saved, we work. Um, you know, when Jesus talked about the parable of the, of the person who found the treasure in the field, and he went home and he sold all that he had. Uh, and it says that he, he did that in his joy. And he went back and bought the field because he knew the treasure in the field was worth more than everything that he ever had. And so that's, that's what we're doing. We are, uh, we're realizing that God is our joy. Uh, Psalm 16, 11 is one of my favorite verses. Uh, you make known to me the paths of life. And in your presence, there is fullness of joy at your right hand, your pleasures forevermore. Um, I, I'm here to be a good steward of what I've got. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes our work, uh, in Jesus is, uh, not necessarily work, uh, in Galatians chapter five, 22, 23, those fruits of the spirit, the things that are produced by the spirit's word that we use the word submit to earlier. Um, mm -hmm. I I've died on the cross like Jesus said, I submit myself to him. And, uh, and incidentally, nobody survives a crucifixion, you know, that's where you died. And, um, and so, you know, Paul uses the word in verse one of chapter two, you were dead. Now you've been made alive, but it's, it's this cruciform way of life is so different. You were not created, um, uh, because of works you were created for works. You were dead, but now you're alive. And sin was that separating barrier. Isaiah 58, you know, sin has separated us. Um, as people who are not Christians, we are different in this world and, and separated. But the Galatians 5.22 passage, sometimes it's not, sometimes my work in God is not laborsome. Uh, sometimes it's simply hanging on. Yeah. Um, patience is one of those things that he uh, brings up, Spirit does. Uh, long suffering, where we literally suffer long where it's not, it's not a laborsome work where it's a, I got to get out and cut the churchyard. Uh, this is where I'm enduring something uh, for the long haul because my reward is greater uh, in doing so. And sure. so in a way that, you know, when I say we do work our way to heaven, that doesn't mean we work our way because we are yet to be saved. We are saved. And so we just, <laughs> we just keep going. And exactly. so uh, how could you not? It's an overflow of the gospel, uh, a heart that's been reborn uh, and it's filled with the filled with the spirit through the word. Uh, how can you not work? How can you not love? How can you not live it? That's right. And, and it's, you know, to alleviate some confusion, it's not works of merit. S simply saying we can't earn our salvation. Nothing we could have done to earn it. As you mentioned earlier, you can't build enough hospitals uh, for it. Yeah. 
you know, but there are works to do in response to God's conditions, the works of obedience, John 6, 28, 29. Well, you know, the disciples said, what can we do to work the work of God? Well, believe, believe on him who sent me. So belief, there's a work. There are different right. things that, that we find in the scriptures. Uh, we do have to respond to the conditions God has set forth, but I, I appreciate that you mentioned, you know, we, we work as the saved, you know, as God's people. It's right. I like that language too, the overflow of the gospel. It's it's transformed your life and, and you live by it. And so that, uh, hopefully that'll help our listeners. If they may have had questions about that. A lot of our religious friends say that um, works are a sign that you have been saved. And that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're not going to find, and James says it, you, you say your faith saves you. Let me show you by my works right. that I've been saved. You know, that, that's the picture. You're not going to find a workless Christian. Uh, we signed up um, for this fight. Stone, he's four and he's learning, he's learning songs. <laughs> and um, he, he's, um, his, his wordage is off uh, from the original tune, <laughs> but it makes perfect sense. Instead of singing, you know, I have decided to follow Jesus, Stone will sing, I'm so excited to follow Jesus. Like and, uh, and I'm thinking that's, that's what we need to be singing. That's right. And uh, instead of, he says, instead of singing, I'm in the Lord's army, he'll say, I am the Lord's army. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so I'm thinking that ain't wrong. You know, he ain't that's wrong. Right. You know, that, that old meme, he ain't wrong. But, um, <laughs> but, that's, but that's where we find ourselves is a lot of New Testament Christians um, got out of the water, dried off, and sat down. Yep. And they're expecting heaven to be their home. And the, when Jesus, he was specific, people who follow him uh, and then stop, he says, they're going to say, Lord, did we not? Did we not do? Did we? He's, he's speaking specifically to people who are Christians or who have followed him. And he's going to say, I never knew you. And so works, works are a sign that you have been saved. Uh, works, are, works were created for you to do after your salvation. And so uh, I, don't know, I don't know what we have done to make people think that we're saved by works. I don't know what we've said. Uh, I don't know where the misconception is. Um, but, um, but, but it's real. It's there. Um, we, we teach that, um, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll preach, um, works, works, works and live by faith. And a lot of our religious friends will preach faith and all they'll do is work, work, work. And, um, it, it's got to be both. It's got to be balanced. It's got to sure. be scriptural. Yeah, and that's 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 the key word is balance and finding that balance in the Word of God. And it takes time and effort, but it's it's there. And it all works together. Yep. As we come down the home stretch, as I like to say, uh, we've talked about this word walk. We've talked about it, what it means here in this passage, this idea of your way of life. You've been created in Christ for these good works. We do these things because it brings glory to God. But we want to talk about how we can walk and how we can live in good works. That language is kind of kind of different. The example that comes to my mind by way of contrast is when you read through the Kings account, first and second Kings, you come to Jeroboam. And it's interesting yep. how many times it talks about they walked in the way of Jeroboam, meaning they followed his example and they lived a life of sin, they lived a life of ungodliness. But so by way of contrast, we are to walk in the way of, of the Savior. So what does that mean? How can we walk in good works? Um, it, 
growing up, my, my daddy oversimplified a lot of things for me. And, <laughs> and I feel that's, that's, that's who I am today. And that's how I learn. Uh, and I want to lay the hay where the calf can eat too. That's right. Um, our whole life as a Christian is a good work. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times you think about the great commission, Matthew 28, where we're told to go into all the world. Well, that's, that's most of our translations. The American standard actually has the correct uh, language as you are going in the world, preach the gospel. And so we, we often think about a good work as something that we've got to get up, get dressed and go do, uh, being faithful to Jesus uh, in my prayer life, in my day to day, I'm married. And so my ministry is a husband. I, I'm a father. So my ministry is raising my child in the way that God would have me to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a son. And so my ministry is um, honoring my parents, regardless of how they act. Uh, I'm a brother. And so my ministry is um, being faithful to my, my blood kin. And so being, being walk is not something that we've got to go do walk is where we are right now. Yeah. And so that's, that's where we find ourselves. If it's an employee being a good employee, if it's being uh, an employer, you're a good employer. Um, if it's a husband, a wife, if you're a child, if you're a student, um, it's very simple. Whatever you do, Paul said, in order to do all to the glory of God, um, we live a certain way so that people will see our good works and glorify their father in heaven. Mm-hmm. A part of our good works, just, just our example of being faithful. If it's suffering the way a Christian should suffer, let's say that, let's say that you get a cancer diagnosis and I get a cancer diagnosis and you're a Christian and I'm not a Christian. We're going to suffer two different ways. And me as not a Christian will look to you as a Christian and say, how are you, how are you even handling this right now? Like, how are you being who you are? Like, I don't get that. And it's not you. It's, it's God through you. It's you are indwelled by the word of God. And so the word of God gives you comfort and peace that things that nothing, nothing of this world will ever give anybody. Um, There's no peace in this world apart from the word of God. And so that's for your opportunity to say, listen, even though I'm going to die, even though I've got terminal cancer, every one of us are terminal and here's how to get out of this world for free. That's you know? True. So, so a lot of it's just our way of life. It's just our conduct, our day to day. How can we walk in good works? Just be faithful. That's right. Just be, just be faithful. You know, Ecclesiastes 12. Um, let's hear the conclusion of the matter. You've got the wisest of man sitting down and saying, all right, what's the reality to life and everything? Just be faithful to God. That's, right. That's how we walk in good works. I know you shared with me, uh, Brother Curtis Cates, one of the final chapel speeches, and that's what he emphasized over and over and over again. You mentioned you know, Solomon being the wisest in the world. Brother Cates, one of the, the great workers in the kingdom. I didn't get the privilege of meeting him, but I know you were there for that. Uh, emphasizing being faithful, living that way. And I, and I, I would add to the word faithful, the word involvement. Just be involved yeah. uh, any way that you can. And like you said, it may be putting a track somewhere. It may be saying a prayer for somebody and text them and say, hey, I pray for you this morning. There are so many things that we can be doing, uh, you know, that can make such a positive impact. And that's what this world needs right now. It needs Christians yeah. to get involved and, and be faithful and walk in those good works. Yeah. So, Jake, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate all of your comments on this text. And 
Uh, so as we bring this episode to a close, I try to do this every episode. We want to leave our audience with one piece of practical advice they can take with them uh, throughout their, their day-to-day life. What's one piece of advice that you can help our listeners that may help them to walk in good works? Me, me as a man can offer nothing. Um, just me as an individual. Unless, unless God does it through his word, nobody does it. And what I mean is, whatever good we're able to do or impart to people, it has to come from God's word. Yeah. And a verse that I mentioned earlier, the Psalm 1611 verse, that's, that's one for me. That's a lifeblood for me. Um, where I've got to realize that this life is all about the next and that he is to be my utmost joy. Everything in this life promises deliverance. It promises happiness. That includes my wife, my child, my job, everything. And if I put my hope in those things, uh, they will fail me because they are temporal. Um, And I've got to look to a holy God, a perfect God, one who offers true happiness uh, eternal true happiness, which is what we're really all looking for. And so if, if he is my joy, um, walking will come natural to me. Um, it will come as a response to, to the joy that he offers. And so, um, just let God be your joy. That's my practical advice. Well, (laughs) we didn't talk, we didn't share this beforehand. That's literally what I have put down. Uh, understand we have work to do and take joy in that. Uh, yep. and, and two passages come to mind. I want to leave our audience with first Corinthians fifteen fifty eight, to be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then Paul adds this for as much as you know, your labor is not in vain. The labor that you do in the Lord or for his glory, it's not in vain. Uh, it's the best life. Mike Hickson says it's the best life because it's the blessed life. And then right. the other passage is Hebrews six ten. This is a passage I visit often as a minister. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. What you've done in the past, what you're doing now, uh, what you're going to continue to do because you love the Lord. I just love that language, your work and your labor of love. It's not something that we're forced to do or I, I have to. I remember your daddy telling me that growing up. Don't ever say we have to go to worship. We get to go. We're going to go. And, and that mentality of loving to, to be with God's people, but, you know, loving to live for him every day. Yeah. And, and I will say this, I, I mentioned it earlier about being, being concerned with the fruit. Yeah. I know a lot of people get burnt out in the church, preachers, especially um, there's not enough responses. There's not enough amens. There's not a lo- enough attaboys and they're, you know, missionaries. There's not enough baptisms. Uh, Bible school teachers, these kids are heathens and they don't care what I'm saying. Uh, I taught for 26 years. I'm done. You know, that, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If we concern ourselves with the fruit, then we will always be let down. I've got to concern myself with the root. Yeah. Jesus is why we do what we do. Jesus is why I preach. Um, Jesus is why I'm faithful to my wife. I'm faithful to my child. Uh, Jesus is the reason. The fruit is his business. Uh, and it would do me well to, to if I'm going to walk in good works, remember that it's not about the fruit. It's about the root. Yeah, that's great. And I really appreciate you, brother. Uh, thank you so much again for spending this time. And to our listeners, we hope that this episode will help you in some way 
to weather the storm. Thank you so much, and may God bless you.